Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Roads Australia's podcast, The Hub. My name's Simon Morgan, and I'm Director of Corporate Affairs here at RA. Australia currently has a massive pipeline of transport infrastructure projects to deliver, but what we don't necessarily have is the workforce we need in place to deliver them. In fact, one of the biggest challenges our industry is currently facing is dealing with the so-called war for talent. We're competing with other sectors to attract talented young professionals to pursue careers in engineering and construction. In particular, we face an issue with female participation rates in an industry workforce that's still dominated by men. If we want to attract the best and brightest, then we have to make sure we're giving women looking to pursue careers in our industry every opportunity to shine and to demonstrate the impressive contribution they have to make to our industry's future success. In this episode of The Hub, we're going to put the spotlight on one such initiative. Recently, one of RA's members, Sistra Australia New Zealand, hosted a case competition in partnership with the University of New South Wales Women in Engineering Society. The competition allowed participants to set out their own innovative solutions on how mobility services in Sydney could be adapted to reach net zero emissions by 2050. And we're really lucky to be joined today by some of those who took part as competitors, as organisers and as judges. So I'd like to introduce two of the students who took part. Uh, Welcome firstly to Winnie Zhang and Ashley Wong. Hello. Uh, welcome also to Anna Doe, who's part of uh, UNSW's Women in Engineering Society's events team and led some of the organising work for the competition. Welcome, Anna. Hi. And we're also joined by one of the competition judges, uh, Fareed Savani, who is Senior Consultant Systems Engineering at Sistra. Thanks very much for being with us today, Fareed. No worries. Thank you. Um, hello, everyone. Um, thanks, Simon and Road Australia for arranging this session. I'm glad to be a part of it. Excellent. We're really looking forward to today's conversation. So thanks, everyone. I might just start off by getting Winnie to step us through how the competition itself worked. How did you come to get involved with it, Winnie, and what did you actually have to do on the night? So, um, yes, a few of my friends and I, who I shall name is Ashley, Amanda, Angela and Maria, decided to do a case competition run by UNSW's Women in Engineering Society because we liked the case and we like wanted to give solving a real problem a go. And so we attended a workshop, which I think was presented by you, Fareed, and Kate from Sistra, who went through how to dive into the problem space and then form a solution as a result. And this was like really approachable and introductory, which is really good because I'm a bit of a newbie. It was really welcoming because we were allowed to chat to you both afterwards and get like that immediate feedback as well. And so I guess that led our team to like create a pitch for the case. And we were lucky enough to make it to the finals. And so we got paired with our mentor, um, Shiam from Sistra, who gave us really crucial feedback about what the industry kind of looks for in a pitch. And, like, he answered so many of my questions when we had that Zoom call. Yeah, and he continued to also check up on us throughout and, like, was there at our presentation as well, which was really kind because he took out, like, time from his own life to make sure we were okay. And so that led to the big night with the big pitch and we were battling it out with the rest of the participants, but who were also really wonderful there as well. Excellent. I'll come back to the actual content of what you talked about on the night in a moment, Winnie, Um, but you've touched on mentoring there and that's something that we're really passionate about here at RA. It's obviously at the core of the RA Fellowship Program. If I could ask Anna, as someone who's involved in organising the competition, 
just how important is that mentoring aspect and maybe what sort of feedback do you get from the participants about the value of that mentoring aspect of it as they prepare to embark on their own careers? Yeah, like Ashley said, the mentoring sessions are pretty quite crucial for students, especially for first years who are doing the case competition for the first time. Typically, students who are doing it the first time don't really have much of an idea of what they're expected of or how much they can really rely on the marking criteria. So the mentoring sessions really help guide students and give them some insight into the quality and the expectations that the industry does have. They also have the opportunity to get immediate feedback. Usually in the first submission, the feedback they get is pretty much just on paper and they're not really able to ask for more. So getting that immediate feedback definitely helps them give some more confidence for their pitch. And also from the past, we've, we've gotten some feedback saying that the mentoring sessions really encourage students to participate, um, knowing they have that one person from the industry to rely on. And it also gives them a chance to have a little bit of a networking opportunity. So being able to talk to their mentor throughout the competition and then being able to connect to their mentor after the competition, pretty much just have someone to guide them throughout their career as well. That's great. And obviously that mentoring relationship can can extend beyond the competition. You don't sort of just say goodbye on the night and that's it. So that's something that can carry through with you um, right the way through your career. So that's terrific. Turning to you for a moment, Ashley, you were part of the winning team and I understand your focus was particularly around a solution for introducing meaningful ways for electric vehicles in the community and the public transport sector in Sydney. Are you able to briefly explain for our listeners what that solution you presented on the night was and how it would work? Um, it has been a while, but um, essentially after like loads of researching about the problems with like our current transport system and the environment, um, we basically looked into countries like Norway and Germany and how they implemented electric vehicles, particularly in their society. Um, and we were inspired and encouraged by them. So essentially our solution was um, we would install more charging stations around regional New South Wales because one um, concern since electric vehicles aren't as popular, right, people are, like, more or less worried that they wouldn't have enough energy or, like, yeah. confidence in, I guess, society to be able to, like, travel long distances. The, the range anxiety stuff? Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And then to encourage people to switch to EVs in general, we would we would considering, like, financial incentives such as, like, free parking and reduced tax. And overall, we would promote this, like, through marketing and educating people how beneficial EVs are and how it's a better alternative for the environment. In terms of public transport, I believe um, we were just thinking about how um, just like increase um, services and reducing public transport fees, especially nowadays since inflation has gone a bit up the roof. People are more like less likely to take public transport. So I guess promoting that and probably just, I guess, the government providing more funding for people to take it um, and just making it cheaper for all would be a solution to this. Were, were there sort of people in the room who were able to pick up some of those ideas? What, was there anyone from government in the room sitting there listening? Obviously, the event was at Parliament House. Did you have people around who were, who were tuned in and listening on the night? I think it was mainly just the Sistra team there. <laughs> but I think they were, like, really keen to hear on our ideas, though, anyway, because mm-hmm. I guess they're also working in that realm of trying to be more environmentally friendly with transport in general. And so um, that I feel like that, that Sistra team does have the power as well. But uh, I, think, I think it was just mainly. Mainly Sistra. 
All right, that's great. Fareed, obviously, Sistra's support for the competition is a practical way to um, address gender imbalance and support more females in engineering. But beyond this particular example, what else uh, do you think that the wider industry needs to be doing in this space to encourage more women to pursue careers in engineering and in construction? Well, it's a good question. Uh, well, before we talk about the wider industry, I believe the first and main reason that we have less female engineers is the incorrect society stereotypes and cliches that suggest um, that engineering is just for male. Uh, when we have a students at high school, of course, they are expected to be, you know, to follow um, either nursing, law, pure mathematics, and males are expected to become engineers. So this is a you know, very big motivation for male to become engineers and vice versa for females. The, so the first thing is to um, break those stereotypes, have more, it brings me to the second point. So we need more female leaders in the industry to act as a role model. Um, to make those students believe, yes, there is success and yeah. there is yeah. um, success waiting for them in the engineering field um, for them to become engineers. It makes them, yeah. it makes them motivated to, to become engineers. Also, the industry should be um, more welcoming and suit female needs like because it's a male-dominant industry. Everything is organically um, around male needs. You know? So we have a lot of um, gender pay gaps. Females yeah. have low, lower salaries. Of course, uh, it just stops females to come to the engineering field. Or, um, you know, some other facilities like maternity leave, um, everything that makes it more comfortable and welcoming for females to, to step mm -hmm. into the engineering. These, these are very important aspects to be considered. Yep, I've certainly, we saw that gender pay gap issue um, come up again just this week with the new um, uh, Wajia report that's come out, which showed that there's a, still a big gap in construction, so there's there's more work to do there. Just in terms of the competition, is this something that's been an annual competition you've run? Is this the first time and it's planned to become annual? What's the, what's the sort of history of it? So I think the case competition started in around 2018 or 2019. That's when we started doing it. From then, it's kind of become an annual event for WeSOC. We host it every year. We, we try to get a different company every year so that um, we can explore different industries in engineering and different students can participate. But yeah, this year with Sistra was, I, I think it was the best one we've had yet because um, Sistra was very keen and they really helped to helped us organize it and put in a lot of effort and we could tell they really cared about the students and their work as well and roughly how many how many students would have taken part all up um i think we initially had around six teams register and participated in the first heat and each team was around five people so we had around 30 students okay just coming back to um, winnie and ashley for a moment how do you think your participation in the competition this year has helped you to build your own professional capacities and build your confidence as you're preparing to enter the workforce? How do you how do you think it's helped you? And is it something that you'd recommend for other students to get involved with next year or going forward in subsequent years? Mm, yeah, definitely something I recommend. I think there's like so many problems in the world that need fixing, but then how do you go about it? And I guess through this case competition, I kind of learned the real importance of exploring that problem space more and carefully and really understanding it before then jumping into the solution. And knowing that this is kind of the way that 
we do it, do these things professionally and learning those kind of research skills earlier earlier on definitely kind of sets me on the uh, right track to understand the workforce and industry like problem solving process better. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I guess like funny thing is like none of us are civil engineering students. Um, we all do computer science or software engineering, but regardless, it was quite um, an experience just problem solving and like delving into this sort of field and just like realizing how much work is put into solving real life world real world problems you know and I guess for other students I recommend it as just like a way to I guess do like a competition with friends have some fun learn something on the way and build um build those soft skills build confidence in yourself as well in terms of teaching and yeah I just believe that everyone should at least try it at least once regardless of like what field you're studying I guess yeah no, that sounds like good advice to me. Um, and Fareed, you're obviously involved on the on the judging side. Just your impression overall, does, does what you saw in assessing this competition and the quality of the entries fill you with uh, confidence about what's going to be happening in the future? Oh, yeah, definitely. So it was me and Kate Moncrief, a director of the Human Factors System, who are the judges. I'll be honestly very impressed by the level of knowledge and the brightness of ideas that the females brought to the table. So, no, I, I, I used to be a lecturer at the uni before this. I, I, I read many assignments uh, of male and female in the engineering field. Um, and after a long time that I came back to you know, judging or um, seeing students' presentation, I was impressed um, by the level of quality. So, yeah, of course, it makes me much more hopeful about the future. Um, as I said, we have many good female leaders. Our, our, the CEO of our company is a female. We have females at the, um, you know, um, as I said, technical directors. And the only reason we don't have uh, more engineers is those society stereotypes and you know, all those issues that I mentioned before. We can yeah. definitely have uh, more and more females with brighter ideas, yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely something the industry, uh, I think most of the industry is aware it needs to be working on it and there's certainly opportunities to do things. And this this one example that we've talked about today is a great way of highlighting just the quality of, of a lot of the students out there and the really amazing contribution they'll be making to the industry in the future. Look, thanks so much for being part of the discussion today, uh, Winnie, Ashley, Anna and Fareed. I'm sure we could talk much more about the uh, ideas you've presented during the competition and how those types of initiatives are a great way of creating a more welcoming industry for our next generation of talented engineers. Uh, but unfortunately, we're out of time. So uh, thank you very much for being with us today and uh, sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. And keep an eye on our website and our weekly email newsletter, RA Insider, for details of other initiatives that RA members are working on to make our industry a more attractive career destination for the next generation. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this edition of The Hub. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support of RA. We'll see you again soon.